welcome to the Advance Your Art podcast, where we talk about the journey from artist to entrepreneur and everything in between. You've worked hard to hone your craft. Now take it to the next level with tips, techniques, strategies, and routines used by successful artists to grow their businesses and careers. Now, let's get started and have some fun with your host, Yuri Cataldo. Hello, Kelly. Welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. So for my audience who is not as familiar with, with you, what you do and yourself, how do you describe yourself and what you do? It's hmm. a good question. <laughs> um, I mean, really, I feel like I... You know, I'm an entrepreneur, right? Because I've started several companies and run them. Mm -hmm. uh, but most people see me as a marketer. Um, and most people see me as a social media marketer. <laughs> okay, excellent. So, yeah. yeah, so I guess, so let's, before we get into what you currently do in your current company, let's start from the beginning a little bit. Um, what originally made you want to study education and human services in college? Oh boy. Okay. This might be one of those things we wanted to delete. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 we don't have to. We don't have to. I keep, I mean, well, maybe actually. Okay. Um, Cause I, sorry, I, I spent a lot of time looking at people's LinkedIn profile and that's what you Yeah. Did. Yeah, I'm, I didn't study that. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I mean, this is the funny thing. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I can tell the story, whatever. <laughs> but um, what happened is, is I was actually studying um, psychology okay. and journalism, uh, you know, on the side in English. So I had a, like a minor in journalism, minor in English, right, and yeah. I was studying psychology. Yeah. Well, wait, actually, um, sorry, sorry, hold on a second. Pause for one second. I have, let me just... How about what if I just like ask what your what was a, what did you study in college and I'll leave it open like that rather than pinning a pinning something is that okay? Mm -hmm. And then and then okay. you okay or no? Because here's here's <laughs> the thing, my degree my degree is not in what I studied because yeah. there was a glitch there was a glitch and like twenty years later yeah they went back and they gave me the wrong degree and I was like forget it. <laughs> Just give me the, give me something. Yeah. Oh, that's, um, yeah, that's, that's what happened. Okay. That's why it's wrong. Oh, <laughs> okay. All right. So okay, I was like, I don't even know if I want to explain this. It'd be yeah. confusing and it might distract people. That's true. It might be. I mean, that is, so that is definitely like a story uh, for another time, because I think that is absolutely <laughs> fascinating on how a university <laughs> could like mess up and give you the wrong degree. Um, okay, yeah. what it really came down to is I wanted to talk about your time in college for the um, the student-run newspaper and how that kind of yeah, yeah. molded Yeah, to well, me. we can talk about that. I can talk about studying psychology because it's related to that. Okay, so. all right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't think there would be anything, but then I was like, oh, yeah. actually. <laughs> and here we go. I, well, I'm glad that I could throw things off right in the beginning. That's what I'm good at. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to make a note in my notes to delete this first part and then uh, da, da, da. 
right. Uh, college in the beginning. Okay. So before we go into greater detail about your current company and what you're working on, um, tell me about what it was like in your college days. Well, in college, I thought I wanted to be a psychologist. <laughs> and, um, you know, and I also thought, well, I want to be a writer. So mm -hmm. how can I blend, you know, how can I blend these? So I had this dream of working at Psychology Today. <laughs> So I, um, I was studying psychology and also, you know, I wanted to learn more about, you know, writing and becoming a journalist. So I got a job at the school newspaper. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of what, ha that's what happened. And, you know, after I got there, I ended up really liking, you know, writing and journalism and news <laughs> Yeah. And so, yeah, and then so I started covering um, crime, <laughs> and <laughs> I was very interested in the criminal mind, and I think that came from, you know, some of the psych classes, and, you know, I got into, you know, interviewing people who were running from the police and things like yeah. that, and yeah, oh, so, wow. yeah, <laughs> and then I ended up, you know, uh, getting an internship at a bigger newspaper and things like that. Okay. So, you know, that was a lot of fun. And then yeah. I, then I started really getting into editing and I became uh, the editor of the school newspaper. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, great. And, and so I know ultimately that the school newspaper, um, it, it gave you over a million dollar budget. What, what's that like to be able to run a, a student newspaper with that large of a, of a budget? Right, when you're 20. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, at, at right. any age, that's that's amazing, but especially when you're 20 and, and, and young in your career. Mm -hmm. Now, it's no longer like that at this newspaper, but okay. um, that newspaper used to be one of only two student-run newspapers where what we had to do is, you know, every year, the new editor, you know, the managing editor would come in and have to do all of the hiring, figure out the budget, what are we gonna pay people, mm -hmm. um, and then collaborate with the ad team on bringing in money. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, so it took a um, million dollars to run the paper every year. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I got to do payroll and all sorts of fun things. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's, that's a lot. How were you able to like do all of, like basically kind of run this newspaper and finish your your studies all at the same time like were did you were you really disciplined on your schedule or what was that situation like so early on in your career I think I've always had these workaholic tendencies mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm realizing it more and more because you know I'll be talking to someone I'll be like oh yeah I work you know from the minute I roll out of bed until I go to bed pretty much yeah. and um but then you know thinking back um, I've always done that. So okay. what I would do is I would go to my classes, um, you know, work my schedule around new, you know, the newspaper, the, uh, office was on campus. So I would just go in, in between classes and get, you know, get work done at the paper. Um, I guess the hardest part was putting the paper to bed at night because I had to check everything after all the team members and editors had their work in. 
Okay. And then we would send it off at like two, three, sometimes 4 a.m. to be printed. Yeah. So um, I was a night owl, <laughs> which like I recently just broke that habit. But yeah, I was a, I was a night owl most of my life. And then, you know, right out of college, I worked at USA Today as an editor and I started out on the night shift. <laughs> so. <laughs> Oh, wow. So this kind of continue yeah. your night owl tendencies. Yes. Yeah. And that's changed only recently, surprisingly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense. So, you know, kind of just, you get used to it and, and continue that. And maybe your body just kind of keeps up with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, From the beginning, I've always just, yeah. Kind of kept that way. Been like, work is life. <laughs> work yeah. is life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it sounds like it's, it's, doing very well for you because you're very, very successful. So what you were working at USA Today, what, what was that like and how long did you stay working with them? Well, at the time, you know, this was a little while ago. So um, it was an interesting time because um, at that time, newspapers uh, were just getting websites and just okay. going online. Yeah, so I started working there to help take it online because mm -hmm. my newspaper, um, we had one of the only news websites. We started ours pretty early. And um, yeah, so that was my job to help uh, build usatoday.com. And okay. back then it was called something else, yeah. Oh, really? So they, it wasn't even usatoday.com? No, it was the information network. There was a lot of drama because the newspaper people <laughs> They didn't like the online people, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> and there was some crossover with my job. Like I would look at the USA Today front page at night mm -hmm. too. you know, since I was there at night, I would be a final set of eyes. They had the special incentive where you would get like $50 for every typo or mistake you could find on the front page after it had been through 30 editors. <laughs> so of course <laughs> I was like, I'm going to make extra money and I'm going to find these typos. Yeah. So <clears throat> that kind of supplemented my income. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so I did that, um, you know, on top of uh, doing the um, digital news, which was mm -hmm. a new thing. Um, and, you know, Gannett, which owns, you know, uh, it owns USA Today. Uh, yeah. I guess you would say it like that. They don't really say it like that, but, <laughs> but Gannett, they have lots of um, TV stations. Okay. So the way we would get photos of breaking news were, you know, just through screenshots coming in through the live feeds from the TV reporters. Mm -hmm. So I'd work with those TV reporters so we could get some live footage. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, there weren't really a lot of, I mean, there were digital cameras, I guess, but not really. <laughs> So we were doing things in a very old school way, but then again, it was the beginning. So yeah, great. Yeah. And then, at what point did it did you decide to move on to your next adventure? Uh, hmm. I guess it was after um, you know there was a lot of drama there because mm -hmm. the print people still didn't like the digital people, <laughs> <laughs> so there was a lot of drama. But um, I don't know. I liked it. I mean, we were beating. So there was also MSNBC and the New York Times back then. So we were always competing with them for, you know, to beat them on breaking news. But um, I helped launch some products, some editorial products and things. And then I, um, I ended up covering some awful things like Columbine school shooting. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and um, the JFK Jr. plane crash and train crashes and all sorts of horrible things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's when I decided, oh, hey, maybe I don't want to do this. <laughs> and um, that was the time of like the dot-com boom where lots yeah. of dot-coms were doing really well. Okay. So I got into PR and I started working with some high-tech companies and doing what I called high-tech PR. Yeah. What, what was it about PR that made you want to get involved in it? Especially as, as I mean, it's, and it's a, a common um, journey that I see a lot of journalists do where they start on one side of the table and they go to the other side. But what made you want to go to the other side of the table and work in PR? I think, you know, as a, a journalist at that time, I've been a journalist for, you know, a handful of years. Mm-hmm. And I would see all the bad things, all the bad press releases and things coming through and the bad news pitches. Yeah. And I would always think I could do better. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was part of it. Um, I, I mean, another part of it was just, you know, seeing this um, boom of tech companies and all this cool stuff ha- happening, incubators for startups. It just started mm-hmm. happening. So it was very, it was exciting, you know, and it was a way for me to get involved and use what I knew to actually be a part of that. Okay. Oh, great. And then, so with that, at what point did you want to start your own? Because I know you started a, a company called uh, Glitterazzi. What, um, what made you want to start that company and, and kind of go off on your own and, and lead your own company? Um, well, I was doing the consulting, you know, the high-tech PR consulting, and I partnered with someone who was building some websites and things, and I also had been blogging during this time, but nobody knew what that was. Okay. So I became, yeah, so I was one of the very, like, the very first bloggers, yeah. which means, you know, yeah, I, and I think that just came from my writing background, so when I left USA Today, I still had you know, this desire to do something online mm-hmm. and I was blogging and, um, yeah. So, and then I became, um, like a Google influencer, a Gmail influencer Sure. Well, <laughs> when they were first launching Gmail. Yeah. Wait, so what, what does that, does that mean that you were like one of the original people who got to decide who else got that Gmail accounts and, and you got to yeah. name, name your own? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, we got to decide who got Gmail accounts back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I remember like, so I got mine years ago, but I had to, you know, the originally you had to have an invite. So were you, I guess like when the original people were like, these, how many invites these people get, like that kind of a level? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I got my own address for my Gmail. It's Kellyanne at Gmail. Yeah. Um, so I got to pick that. Um, and I got free stuff, you know. <laughs> you know, things like that. But, you know, mm-hmm. nobody really knew what an influencer was. But I had a following yeah. on my blog. So they would let me, um, you know, give, give out these invitations to people I thought were, you know, worthy <laughs> of a Gmail address. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. So I do little contests and things, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but other than that, so I was blogging. Um, now, Glitterazzi came... Uh, Several years later, actually. Okay. So, yeah. So I ended up going back to work um, after. <laughs> so I ended up going back and becoming an employee again for okay. the co-founder of AOL, Steve Case. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So they were launching some things, and they have a, a venture capital firm called Revolution, and 
yeah, and they were launching a bunch of different things. And uh, someone on the team there came to me and they're like, we really want you to teach us about this whole blogging thing. (laughs) 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 And this, you know, social media thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so I literally went in, I was so, you know, young at the time and I went in and I was being like, okay, so this is what a blog is. And this is why, what Facebook is because Facebook had just been opened up to the public at that time. Okay. And yeah. And there's a team of developers there who we would like work on cool little apps to put on Mm -hmm. your Facebook page. You used to be able to put apps on your Facebook page. Um, And then those guys actually started something called Living Social, um, which was pretty huge. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So before we go too far, how did you originally meet Steve Case? I mean, that was how someone just randomly, you know, reached out. I was doing um, this PR consulting work and I had my blog and okay. someone reached out to me. It was actually the person in charge of the of um, creating these um, privacy laws in healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, he was one of the um, people who wanted to start a project. And anyway, <laughs> they reached out to me and I was like, um, okay, sure, I'll do it. <laughs> That's what happened. <laughs> And I was with them for a few years. I actually started working with them before, I think before, I mean, Revolution was probably incorporated at the time, I think, Mm -hmm. but they were still planning it. So they basically had the executive team, the CFO. Well, actually I started before the CEO started (laughs) and then he came on. So yeah, I was a really, really, really early. And I, uh, at first was a staff member of Steve Case's, another company he had, which uh, was this Hawaiian company. <laughs> oh, wow. He's from Hawaii. Yeah. 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 Very interesting. Okay. So you, you spent a lot of time with them and then at what point um, after, you know, your revolution days, did you decide I'm going to branch off on my own and start uh, Glitterazzi and, and take that company off? Okay. Well, several of the projects um, that I helped launch a revolution they had merged, you know, with other companies and moved and, um, and really I had some things going on, um, you know, like family stuff. And, you know, my grandma was like, can you come home for a little bit? And I thought, okay, well, I'll go home for a couple of months because they had, you know, just sold some things, merged some things, you know, some things were happening, a revolution. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I'll go home and hang out for a while. (laughs) And then that little while ended up, um, instead of moving to New York, I would have had to move to Brooklyn, I think. Mm -hmm. And I decided not to, I wouldn't move to Brooklyn. I didn't want to. (laughs) (laughs) I was living in DC and I didn't want to leave. And um, to make a long story short, uh, I thought, you know what, I need a break because I've been working insane hours, you know, launching all these things and, um, you know, lots of work, <laughs> yeah. lots of work and travel. And I thought, well, I'll take a couple months off. The couple months ended up being 10 months. Mm-hmm. Um, but during that, you know, 10 month period, I started, um, I, I just started writing again and started blogging again Yeah. and just playing around. <laughs> and the next thing you knew, I had a bunch of advertisers. So, and I didn't even ask for them, but they were coming to me and asking me if they could, you know, yeah. get exposure on my site. Yeah. And by that time, uh, boy, what year was it? I don't even know what year it was, but um, 
then something else happened and I had some people approach me and you know, they also liked what I was doing and they were like, Hey, we want to give you some money to like help grow this. And I was like, what are you talking about? What do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then, so I got um, several rounds of funding, you know, to grow that, you know, we were working on that for a while. Yeah. 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 So it, it sounds like so far that your ability to, to write clearly the fact that you were blogging very early on and, and potentially created some of the first blogs has helped a lot in, in your evolutionary journey. Um, especially, you know, you're also very active on, on other social medias. How, how have you been able to, like I say, look at, let's say, an upcoming trend and take advantage of that? Like the idea of blogging, you know, you were as, as being one of the first ones, like what made you at the beginning be like, yeah, I think this may be a, be a thing. I want to keep doing this. And how do you look at like potential trends now of like, I'm going to get involved in this because this could be the next, you know, blogging type of platform. Um, yeah. So when I look at things, I don't even, I don't look at them like that. I know a lot okay. of people look at trends and they try to decide what should I do next. Yeah. And I've never done that. Before I even, you know, did anything with Blogger and Google, mm-hmm. I just had a plain web page and I was posting <laughs> as if the world cared. But the way it started is I just started posting daily updates, just mm. kind of like you would send out a newsletter. Yeah. And every day I would change it. And it was just plain HTML that, you know, I coded just a you know, page. So people started going there to see what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't using blogging software or anything. So then when uh, Google acquired Blogger, that's when that happened. And they asked me to come and blog on their platform. Mm, Um, But really, I was just throwing it up there. And then there were a lot of people from message boards and things who would, you know, come and check it out. And I had a pretty (laughs) big following of like people on message boards who like to look at that page and look at my update and then trash me, (laughs) 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 you know, in the message board comments and say all kinds of awful things. (laughs) Yeah. So... So really, I've ne- I didn't look at it as something, you know, I wasn't trying to see, you know, oh, what will people do in the future? I just yeah. did it because I wanted to do it. And yeah. so now, yeah, so now even like before I do something, I don't, I don't think about what are other people going to do? I mm-hmm. just think about like, what do I want to do? <laughs> and, you know, what do I think is cool? Yeah. So, yeah. So if an app or something looks cool and everybody hates it, I mean, I'll still use it if I think it's cool. <laughs> Okay. Oh, good. Well, it, it sounds like you've got very good instincts for this type of thing, which is great. I mean, really, I think it all goes back to writing, you know, yeah. and, and just, yeah, like I started a little newspaper when I was seven years old. So, I mean, it was, you know, it was basically a newsletter, but, um, yeah. but really social media is like mini blogging, you know, that's the way I look at it. Mm-hmm. It's like just putting your messages up there. Okay. Out there for the world. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about your, your current company, uh, Vault Lab. What made you want to start this company and, and what has it been like running this now as a, as a social media marketing expert? Mm-hmm. Well, my, um, the Clitorasi blog, it had um, about 3 million readers and it was focused on um, pop politics. Mm-hmm. Um, I called it pop politics <laughs> because we would look at the... <laughs> the pop culture side of politics. So the rule was, okay, if we 
interviewed Trump, a bad example, but like if we sure. interviewed Trump, it wouldn't be about politics. Right. Although I did, you know, interview him about stuff, but, or it would be, you know, if we talked to uh, McCain, it wouldn't be about politics. It would be about who's your best friend, you know, or what okay, kind of yeah. music do you listen to? Yeah. When we went to the, yeah. So anytime we went to the White House, it wasn't any, you know, not for hard news or anything, but we would interview uh, Obama's dog, you know, <laughs> so it was, and, and um, then when we interviewed celebrities, it, it couldn't be this story. My rule was it can't be about the new song. Maybe okay. we can mention the song at the end, but it has to be about like, what are your causes? So we flipped mm -hmm. it and we would show the fun human side of politics. And then we would show the serious cause side of celebrity. So very interesting. Um, what happened? <laughs> it was fun, yeah. yeah. And it, and I just didn't think celebrities were getting enough exposure, you know, with their causes. And I didn't think politicians, you know, everybody concentrates on policies and everything, but we don't really know who they are. So I wanted to flip it. Yeah. And um, yeah. And then what happened is is a lot of the I, we started doing campaigns mm -hmm. around different things, you know, for the you know, for the celebrities and and um, with these you know, different nonprofits and things. So it was sort of a, I guess you could say a natural transition because um, I just started working on um, social good campaigns uh, with celebrity ambassadors and things like that. Okay. As a consultant. Yeah. Oh, good. And then, so I guess with the, with your initial campaigns, is it, was it um, the issues that you were most interested in that kind of attracted you to that, that brand and then, and then their, you know, subsequent celebrity, or how did you decide which initial campaigns to work with? Um, I think any, you know, anything cool. I mean, I don't think there are many causes I wouldn't want to help. Sure. Um, you know, we do, uh, we've done a lot of um, causes with, you know, conservation, um, with, you know, Edward Norton. I worked on something with Edward Norton and Julia Roberts and, um, Kevin Spacey and a whole bunch of people, mm -hmm. um, Ian Summerhalder, um, because they are, you know, all into conservation, which like I'm pretty much into every cause, yeah. <laughs> nutrition, <laughs> malnutrition, um, any, you know, anything that helps people and helps the world. Yeah. yeah. Great. When you're, so as, as the, you know, this, this founder and CEO, what are you most focused on in your company now and where your company is headed to in the future? Well, right now, now that we have a pro, you know, a process and things are flowing and working now, um, now I'm really looking at building mm -hmm. and growing. And since our team is remote, I think, you know, that's really interesting too, because we have people working for us who, um, you know, they're talented, but maybe there aren't opportunities where they are, mm -hmm. or maybe they're in an interesting situation. So maybe they are a mom. Um, so my assistant is a mom and has three kids. Mm -hmm. So she works while they're at school. And, you know, so that's, I think, an interesting situation. And it's cool because she can work when they're at school. Um, and, you know, we have someone else who's taking care of a family member, you know, very talented. But, like, you know, I think there are people in life situations or geographic locations. Um, and then that kind of limits their opportunities. So my 
big goal is to make sure that talented people who want to do cool, fun marketing stuff can. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, you know, so we've been building this foundation for that so that we can, you know, help uh, our clients and help these causes, but then also, you know, create a, a cool working um, atmosphere, I guess you would mm -hmm. say. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I'm calling it cool. I think it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How do you flexible? So, yeah, flexible. That's I think <laughs> cool and flexible is definitely great. <laughs> the um, so it's because your team is is remote. How do you allow them to have their own you know schedules according to their needs, but still keep a cohesive unit and and keep people on the same page about your goals and 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 focuses. Um, with them being in, you know, in different places and different even time zones. Mm -hmm. Well, our hub, I guess you could call it, is is Slack. So okay. you know, we're always there. We have channels for different clients. You know, we're always chatting. We work in there. We work in Google Docs. Mm -hmm. um, we use everything, Skype, everything, <laughs> any anything you can think of. We use it. Google yeah. Hangouts. Um, yeah, but really. Um, I, I set it up in a way so that there are checks and balances with the team members yeah. so that, you know, they're working together. And I've been trying, you know, as we grow to remove myself more and more, even though I'm still in there, like I see everything okay. that's happening, yeah. but um, yeah, in the beginning it was just me, you know, party of one <laughs> <laughs> Right. As, as we, yeah. So as we've grown, I, or as we have grown, I, you know, I've just been concentrating on like, how can we make this work without, without me? Mm -hmm. even though I'm still here because I want to focus more on, you know, on building. And then I also consult, um, you know, our higher end clients. Um, mm -hmm. So like CEOs and thought leaders. And then I, I'm working more on advising them. Yeah. And then um, for the accounts where we're doing the content and video content and everything else, you know, that's the rest of the team. And then we found ways, you know, to make, to make that work. And so everyone's in touch and everyone knows what's going on. Yeah. Okay. Nobody answered your question. <laughs> hashtag it's <compl> hashtag it's complicated. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, which it, it yeah. sounds like it. How so? Again, with with as as busy and ambitious as you are, how do you manage your your days now, and and try to you know get everything done, everything accomplished that you need to, and still have time for yourself and and for your other outside of work relationships. Well. Um, we do have a project management tool that helps, <laughs> you know, and everyone, you know, the, the process is in there and the flow and everything. And, yeah. you know, I can just watch, watch things happening in there. Um, you know, so that helps free up some of my time. Okay. Um, other than that, I, you know, I was, I was working at home. I know, you know, a lot, a lot of people do, um, mm -hmm. most of our team members, I think mostly work from home, but um, I found I was working too much. Okay. <laughs> so my days were like 16, 18 hours and then sleep as much as I can, you yeah. know, in a small amount of time and then do it again. So what I ended up doing is I got an office. So now I make myself go to the office mm -hmm. <laughs> and have off and have office hours. Although I didn't want like in the beginning, I didn't want to do that. But I see the value of, you know, separating at least for my myself, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. So it's like they can do whatever they want. They don't have to have schedules as long as they get their work done. Everything's going. But for me, I have myself on a strict schedule. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, good, good, good. It's, it's, it sounds like that's, you know, that's your process and this is, is evolving to make uh, your work-life balance 
more manageable for yourself, which sounds great. Yeah, and we're bringing in a CFO for next year too, so I don't have to do that stuff. Yeah. Oh, good. 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 Yeah. Um, talk to me a little bit about so when you when you were going from from being an employee to starting your own own company, there's usually a lot of fear and apprehension and you know self doubt that goes along with that. The times in your lives where you do come across self doubt, fear, how do you move past those? Hmm. I think one of my problems is like, I don't think about it. I just do it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I mean, really, I think the more you think about something, mm -hmm. uh, that leaves room for anxiety, you know, yeah. and an analysis paralysis. I, I see so many, you know, people who just analyze and analyze and people who are working and want to start their own things or, you know, they want to take a leap and do something else. And I think they just analyze and analyze, or even if they're like looking for a job somewhere or something. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think the best thing to do is just do, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and it's not the end of the world. I mean, the best thing you tell yourself is like, you know, I'm trying to think of a situation that might come up. I knew, I know a company, you know, like sometimes they'll ask me to, um, you know, be on their board or something like that. And yeah. I mean, if it feels, if it feels right and you think you want to do it, I just suggest that you do it. Yeah. Um, you know, as long as it's not something dangerous, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. but the, you know, if there's something, I don't know, what could I think of? Um, maybe speaking, public mm -hmm. speaking kind of like, I don't know, wakes me out a little bit. It makes me nervous, but you know, the way I pep talk myself is basically like Kelly, let's be serious. <laughs> you know, I just give myself pet talk. I mean, like, let's, let's be real. Yeah. Um, you're not going to, you're not going to die. You're not gonna <laughs> die. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like, what's the worst thing that could happen? You fall on your face and break your nose in front of everyone, you know, yeah. or something like that, yeah. you know, but like, really we're afraid of nothing, you know, like really the fear there, I mean, you can think of all the different scenarios, but like really, you know, what's the worst thing that could happen? Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, that's great. Um, I, I, I found myself yeah. to Something very similar on, on that, like the the whole like picture the worst possible scenario that could happen bad and and it'll never end up being that bad because you're right. Like yeah. if you're giving a speech, worst case scenarios, you're right. Maybe you fall, maybe somebody boos you, but like nothing bad's gonna happen. You're not gonna die. You'll just keep going. Right. Yeah. So that's that's great that you're like constantly pushing past things. I've mm -hmm. not I noticed that recently you have been getting a more education from MIT and, and Cornell. What made you want to go back to school and, and uh, study at those institutions? I think it's because in, you know, I have had business partners in the past, mm -hmm. um, you know, and co-founders and things. And, you know, in the past, I've not always felt like, they made the best decisions, <laughs> mm. but I, you know, but then again, I didn't know were they making the best decisions, you know, because like maybe they were supposed to be handling, you know, sales or like something on the accounting side or something that I didn't understand mm -hmm. or, you know, cause my thing is marketing. Um, like that's my main thing is, you know, the, the marketing part. Yeah. and you know targeting and I can help people start companies and things like that now but I wanted to get um, more information and I just wanted to learn more because I wanted to have a good base so that I would know as I'm working with people 
if they know what they're talking about. It's not saying I wouldn't work with them, but I at least wanted enough knowledge, you know, yeah. um, so that I, I would know. Yeah. And I wanted to arm myself a bit better because I've had companies before and I just wanted to sort of like, you know, arm myself with more information. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also taking more. <laughs> so like, I, I, I just, I'm always taking, you know, classes like negotiation. I've just taken, you know, some one-offs and things like at, at MIT, I did take one recently on negotiation because I thought, you know, well, maybe I don't know everything. <laughs> maybe yeah. I don't know everything. <laughs> right, right, right. And it's, yeah, what, what's so great nowadays is you have access to such great learning materials at all these institutions. Um, I think that's wonderful that you're realizing kind of maybe what you're missing and, and trying to then fill in the gaps. So that you are uh, yeah. Become, yeah, bigger and stronger uh, business individual. That's great. Yeah. And I want to see what are these other people doing? Because there's so many people, you know, like, how do they do it? I know how I do it, but I want to just get, you know, different perspectives Yeah, and see, like, how do they do it? Yeah. Yeah. Particularly with, let's say, your negotiation class. Was there something unique that you learned? There was like, oh, this is definitely how I want to negotiate versus how you were doing it before. I mean, I think I learned that I, I, you know, there weren't many things that I w was not going wrong. So like in many ways, okay. when I, when I've taken these courses, mm -hmm. it, it's like, I've learned, oh, okay, I was doing okay, even though I didn't know I was doing okay. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> but, um, so yeah, with the, with the negotiation one, it was interesting, you know, in the way they break it down and, you know, just like analyzing the situation and, um, you know, coming up with like, what is your, you know, like, how far will you go and like mm -hmm. coming up with all that information before your meetings and things. Um, uh, but I think one of the really cool things, um, that course was uh, an MIT Harvard collabor collaboration. Okay. And the guy there, yeah, he's been at Harvard forever teaching negotiation. And um, I mean, the biggest thing really that I, the biggest takeaway from that was that like, no matter what you're doing, you need, you know, you want it to be a win-win situation for both sides. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's something I've always done, but like, I think about it more because I think about, okay, you know, what do they want? <laughs> how can they win? <laughs> but then how can we win? What do we want? You know, and then when you take those, you know, the win-win. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great. Cause it's, um, it's interesting. Cause you know, like when you, let's say like watch negotiations on, on TV, cause I think that's like a good general way to look at it or movies. It's very much like, I'm going to crush this person and I'm going to, you know, get everything I can out of this and, and win. But the fact that you're describing mm -hmm. like in the real life scenario is like, how can we both benefit from this? I think is a very great way to, you know, I mean, approach a lot of things in life. Like how can everybody a, a benefit from what we're doing rather than just like crushing someone else? <laughs> yeah, I think it works best. <laughs> yeah. I think it works best when everyone's happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So given everything that you've, you've done and experienced over the years, what would you say has been the best advice that you've ever received? I would say the best advice I have received um, was from someone who invested in one of my companies before. Mm -hmm. And I was all upset because someone was stealing my ideas at another company, you know? <laughs> and I was upset and I was like, <laughs> how can we let them do this? And, and basically he's just like, keep moving, just keep moving, you know, and don't let things distract you. Mm -hmm. So like there are lots of things 
that can distract you every day. And then there are things that are even bigger when someone's like literally stealing your idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, the best advice is like, you know, just, just keep going and keep focused and keep your eye on the goal. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Again. So Kelly, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me this afternoon. I really appreciate it. If the listeners, thank you. Would, again, if your listeners would like to read your writing, you know, um, see what you're working on, follow you on, on Twitter or any of that, where's the best place they can go to kind of, um, do all that. I think Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's one of my favorites. Um, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, I'm pretty much everywhere. And you know, if you just look for my name, you'll find me, okay. but, um, yeah, it's CAC everywhere. <laughs> Excellent. That's my name. <laughs> right, right. Um, <laughs> that just sounded really funny. Um, but yeah, so I will. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll make sure I put the links in the show notes. But it's, uh, yeah, it's you're at I-T-S-K-A-C um, for the people mm-hmm. listening. But I will also put links, <laughs> links in the show notes. So people can click right through and then follow you on, on LinkedIn and Twitter and, and all of that. Um, so again, okay. thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. I really appreciate it. Alrighty, thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Advance Your R podcast. If you liked this episode, please go into iTunes and give us a five-star rating. And while you're there, hit the subscribe button so that every single time I release a new episode, it will go directly to you without even thinking about it. If you're interested in hearing older episodes, please go to AdvanceYourArt.com where you can find the catalog of everything I've done so far, as well as contact information and projects I'm working on. Thank you again, and have a great day.